It's Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, a historic satellite launch in the United Kingdom ended in disappointment last night. Plus, how y'all left the South and its surprising possible origins in 17th century England. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. The United Kingdom's plans to get a leg up in the space sector sputtered to a halt Monday evening when the first ever attempt to launch satellites from UK soil ended in failure. Enthusiasm for the future did not fizzle, however. Melissa Thorpe, head of Spaceport Cornwall, the launch site in southwestern England, said to the media, quote, This isn't the first time we've been knocked. This is the biggest, definitely, but I feel okay and we'll get up and we'll go again. End quote. U.S.-based Virgin Orbit used a modified 747 named Cosmic Girl to launch a rocket, dubbed Launcher 1, meant to release over the Atlantic Ocean and deploy nine small satellites earmarked for various domestic and civilian uses into orbit. According to a statement from Virgin Orbit, about two hours after the plane took off and after the rocket was successfully released from the plane, an anomaly occurred that prevented the the rocket from reaching orbit. The rocket and all nine satellites were destroyed. UK Space Agency Launch Program Director Matt Archer said it was an issue with the second stage or upper segment of the rocket. He did not yet confirm whether the rocket had fallen back to Earth, but assured the BBC that if it did, it would have done so over unpopulated areas. Virgin Orbit CEO Dan Hart said, quote, We're mindful that we failed to provide our customers with the launch service they deserve. The first-time nature of this mission added layers of complexity that our team professionally managed through. However, in the end, a technical failure appears to have prevented us from delivering the final orbit. We will work tirelessly to understand the nature of the failure, make corrective actions, and return to orbit as soon as we have completed a full investigation and mission assurance process, end quote. Now, while this was the first time a satellite launch was attempted in the UK, it was not the first time rockets writ large have been launched from the country, nor was this the first launch for Virgin Orbit. Virgin Orbit, officially launched in 2020, failed its very first mission, but then had four successful flights out of California. This mission, dubbed Start Me Up after the Rolling Stones song, was meant to be something of a new chapter for Virgin Orbit, and for the UK. Rockets for military exercises and atmospheric research have launched from the UK in the past, all of which came straight back down. It was the launch of satellites to orbit part that marked the historic first here. The UK does make satellites more than anywhere else except the US, and which contribute to a space industry worth about six and a half billion pounds annually for the nation, but always has to send them to spaceports abroad in order to launch them into orbit. Having a spaceport capable of such mission operations on their own soil is a major goal for the nation, and this first launch and the development of Spaceport Cornwall is seen as an overall investment in the burgeoning space sector in the UK. 
In addition to the 20 million pounds spent to convert part of Newquay Airport into a spaceport for launches, the UK government has also been readying six other spaceports across the country, including two in Scotland, which will serve vertical micro-rocket launches, as opposed to the horizontal jumbo jet launches at Spaceport Cornwall. Those first vertical launches are currently slated for later this year, and this first-ever satellite launch attempt grew a huge and enthusiastic crowd. Quoting Space.com, Tickets for viewing the takeoff of Cosmic Girl from Spaceport Cornwall, otherwise known as the Newquay Airport, sold out faster than those for the UK's iconic Glastonbury Music Festival, according to Ian Annette, deputy CEO of the UK Space Agency. Space geeks from the southwestern Cornwall region of England and beyond braved the cold to witness the historic moment, despite occasional rain showers and gusty wind that made the 48 degree Fahrenheit or 9 degrees Celsius temperatures on site feel even colder. They weren't able to witness the rocket drop, but they did see Cosmic Girl return safely to the airport. End quote. It wasn't just space geeks in attendance, however. Several British officials were in attendance to see how their investment has paid off, and the satellite customers, which include UK, US, and European government agencies, would have been paying close attention as well. All of their satellites that were lost in this failed launch were insured, but it surely wasn't the vote of confidence Virgin Orbit was looking for. Eric Berger, a senior space editor at Ars Technica, dug into Virgin Orbit's finances today, and the outlook isn't great. Launched in 2020 but formally created in 2017, Virgin Orbit began as an idea all the way back in 2011 to be an offshoot of Virgin Galactic. And since that formal creation until recently, Virgin Orbit was funded by Virgin Group, Sir Richard Branson's multinational company that owns and operates his businesses. Quoting Berger, Independent estimates suggest that over that time, Virgin Orbit spent as much as $1 billion to develop and test its Launcher 1 rocket and air launch system. The company made its first successful launch in January 2021 and has averaged one mission every six months since then. An obvious question is this. With such high development costs and a low cadence for a rocket that sells for $12 million per launch, how can Virgin Orbit be financially sustainable? In 2021, the company answered its short-term cash needs by going public, merging with a special-purpose acquisition company. However, funds raised from this merger were far less than anticipated. Upon announcing its intent to go public, Virgin Orbit said it anticipated raising $383 million. However, it raised just $68 million from this process and instead had to turn to private investments for an additional $160 million to keep operating. End quote. Berger traced the nitty-gritty timeline of Virgin Orbit's losses and Branson's investments into the company over the past year. You can check it out at the link in the show notes if you're curious. But the big takeaway is that some financial analysts think the company will run out of money in March. And many other options for cash flow wouldn't occur until after March. And that money probably won't come from launch contracts, since their Launcher 1 rocket will most likely be grounded for investigation and possibly repairs for several months. 
The next most obvious source of money would be the UK government, who's clearly eager to solidify their launch capabilities. However, after an initial failure, no matter how run-of-the-mill such failures may be to scientists, it probably won't convince government decision-makers, especially when several other UK-based companies are poised to come online this year or next. Space launches are tough, especially when there are novel actors, like a brand new launch site. But there was a lot on the line for this one, and no matter what the investigation reveals about what went wrong, it's likely to have some financial impacts for Virgin Orbit and potentially even for Spaceport Cornwall. When these failed attempts happen, though, I think they're important reminders about just how difficult space exploration is. You know, it can be easy sometimes to see satellite launch after satellite launch and countless rotating ISS crews and forget just how sophisticated and complex every tiny element of those feats are. Case in point, quoting Reuters, the Virgin Orbit launch was the latest in a series of setbacks for European space missions. An Italian-built Vega-C rocket failed after liftoff from French Guiana last month, and the rockets have since been grounded, while the European Space Agency's Ariana 6 launcher for big satellites has been delayed. End quote. And China's Zhurong rover on Mars has also been having trouble. It was supposed to awaken from a planned, months-long hibernation during the Martian winter, but there's been no sign of it autonomously resuming its activities as it was programmed to do. The Tianwen-1 orbiter has also gone silent, according to some reports. The China National Space Administration has yet to release any official updates. But it all, again, just underscores what Thorpe from Spaceport Cornwall said, quote, We put so much into this, everybody has, so it's absolutely gutting. But it's space, and the cliche is, it's hard. We know it's hard. End quote. And speaking of cliche, Hart from Virgin Orbit echoed that in a tweet reminding us via the ghost of JFK, quote, We do these things not because they are easy, but because they are hard. End quote. I grew up in Texas, but my family, historically, was not from there. We moved there from Michigan when I was in preschool. That's part of why I don't have much of a Texas accent. If anything, I lean towards a Midwestern accent. And it took years for me to shake off the Midwestern verbiage of my parents and adopt the ones of my Texan classmates. I think I was almost in middle school before I started saying Coke or soda instead of pop. One Texasism that I didn't notice creep into my vocabulary was y'all. But on a trip to visit my northern and midwestern relatives growing up, I let slip a y'all without realizing it and was greeted to roars of laughter from my cousins. They made fun of me relentlessly for having said a word that they thought only showed up in stereotypical southern characters in movies, not a word that real people actually said. Fast forward a couple of decades, and now Northeasterners, West Coasters, and many people in between have added y'all to their everyday conversations. Some maybe a bit ironically, at least at first. It's no longer just Southerners, though. My California-raised cousins have started dropping y'alls in the group chat as if they didn't make fun of me for using the same word 20 years ago. 
Personally, I think the expansion of y'all might have begun in the indie sleaze proto-hipster days of roughly 2008, when blogs like Hipster Runoff punctuated nearly every sentence with a post-ironic y'all. It probably ticked up in recent years as consideration around gender-inclusive language has bumped up. Y'all is a great stand-in for you guys, for example. Its spread beyond the South might date back even earlier than when I first took notice in 2008, however. Linguistic scholars from the University of Texas at San Antonio and Oklahoma State University published an article in 2000 suggesting, based on scientific polling, that y'all might soon be viewed as an American word, not just a Southern word. That article was dug up by Kennesaw State University history professor David Parker, who this past November wrote about the origins and mainstreaming of y'all in the conversation. Side note, I spoke at Kennesaw State University once years ago and, due to some plane trouble, ended up stuck there for a few extra days, and it is actually one of my favorite travel memories. Kennesaw is a pretty great town, and everyone at KSU is super welcoming and are really excellent conversationalists. And yes, they all said y'all a lot. Parker notes that he was first interested in studying the history of the word y'all in part because he grew up saying it all the time in North Carolina. But when you go looking for y'all's origins, the etymological timeline is non-linear and disputed. As Parker explains, some say that y'all comes from the Scots-Irish phrase yaw. Others give credit to African Americans, specifically those from the Igbo population in Nigeria who were forcibly enslaved and brought to the U.S. The Oxford English Dictionary puts its first usage in print as 1856 in a book called The Rangers and Regulators of the Tanaha, or Life Among the Lawless, A Tale of the Republic of Texas. Of course, for a word like y'all, you have to imagine it was in use for much longer before it ever appeared in print. But it turns out even written instances might go back much further than the mid-19th century Wild West of America. Parker has uncovered over a dozen examples of y'all in 17th century dramatic and poetic works from London, England. The earliest being from 1631 in William Lissell's The Fair Ethiopian, which reads, And this y'all know is true. It was also used by Shakespeare's successor John Fletcher in a comedy called The Spanish Curate. There, Fletcher wrote, But I know y'all for merry wags, and ere long you shall know me too in another fashion. It's not certain that Fletcher actually wrote y'all, or that the earliest performances in the 1620s would have used the word, because Parker notes that y'all was written in a 1750 publication of the play, but in an earlier 1711 publication it was written out as ye all. Parker, however, listed out numerous examples in a 2015 article for George Washington University's History News Network, and one of the ones that stands out to me is John Dryden's 1672 play Conquest of the Granada by the Spaniards, a play notable today for having the first known use of the phrase the noble savage. But another line in the play also goes, quote, Heaven, how y'all watched each motion of her eye. 
Writing back in that 2015 article, Parker summarized, quote, The presence of y'all in a poem does not mean that we might expect to see frequent uses of the word in other 18th century English contexts, just as we would not expect to see is it except in a poem. Additionally, there is almost a century-long gap between the last known usage of this British version of y'all and the first known usage of the American version, certainly an important consideration when discussing the relationship between the two. In fact, scholars may well decide that these two versions of y'all are essentially two different words. End quote. Speaking not at all as a linguist or a historian myself, I do wonder if the occasional usage of y'all in 17th and 18th century texts has anything to do with the dropping of thou and thee from language. Those functioned as singular informal, while you was plural and formal. But as you became the go-to and over time started losing its plural function, we needed a stand-in. Some English poets and dramatists, it seems, perhaps, happened on y'all, in the same way that American Southerners would later happen upon y'all, and Northerners would eventually happen on you guys, or yous, or yins. And one reason Parker likes to point out that there are cases of y'all having been used in British poetry and plays much earlier than any known instances of it in the American South is precisely because that earlier usage was in an elevated intellectual capacity. Meanwhile, using y'all, or really the southern accent at all, is perceived by many as a marker of being uncultured or even uneducated. That was certainly the message I got from my cousins and the broader non-Southern media when I was growing up. Parker highlighted a New York Times article from October by Maud Newton, whose story is similar to many people's. Y'all was the sweet word of her grandmother, but also the painful word of her father, who punished her for saying you guys instead. And whether you grew up in the South or not, hearing certain Southernisms like y'all can carry a lot of weight. Quoting Parker, At a time when many Americans are calling for the removal of Confederate monuments and opposing the lost cause mythology, y'all, with its southern overtones, might make some people uncomfortable. A misguided reaction, perhaps, but one that has been felt by both those who hear it and those who say it. End quote. So it's a bit ironic how much y'all has surged in popularity in recent years. Though maybe it's a good thing, because the South has never been a monolith. There are plenty of people in the South who say y'all who don't also hang up Confederate flags in their front yards. I mean, two of the biggest factors for y'all spreading beyond the South, I would think, are probably its popular usage among black Southerners, particularly in their music and other creative works that are popular throughout the nation and world, and, as I said before, as a more gender-inclusive alternative to you guys. That is the main reason that I have cautiously started reincorporating y'all into my personal vocabulary here and there, mostly in text. I haven't quite felt comfortable saying it out loud yet, even though plenty of my northern born and raised friends say it now. But I like the idea that we've already got a ready-made gender-inclusive alternative. And opposed to yous and yins, I like that the one that's really gained ground is from the south. You know, it's a chance to feel a bit of pride and shed some of those misconceptions that non-Southerners tend to hold against us. It's become pretty cliche to say it at this point, but I want to believe that y'all really does mean all.
Of course, the linguistics behind the phrase, all y'all, now that is a whole other story. Well, that is going to be it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.